0: don't get uh, too worried about this I'm not going to be dealing with prophecy tonight uh, nor am I going to be going through our ask the pastor series I mentioned last week we only had a few questions left and finish up but as I began preparing for uh, this weekend and the teaching that I'm going to be doing in Colorado I I got to studying on this subject and I told my wife I said you know if the Lord allows me I I think this would be good for everybody to hear and um, it's a lesson it's it's some material I've never really gone over before never really taught along these lines before Um, but I feel so strongly as I began praying and trying to find the mind of God for this service I really felt this was the direction God wanted me to go tonight And we're going to be discussing some things that I think, uh, that I know are pertinent and important to all of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so we're going to read from the book of Revelation tonight, and we are going to uh, begin with with verse 1 and actually just read this entire chapter. And uh, so bear with me. It's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but... Revelation chapter 4, beginning with verse number 1. Hallelujah. Your page is still turning, so I'm going to let you catch up. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me which said come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter and immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he that was uh, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald and round about the throne were four and twenty seats And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne And round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf and the third beast had a face as a man and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not. They rest not Day and night saying holy 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 Lord God Almighty which was and is and is to come and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen. Amen. What an interesting scene John has painted for us of what transpires in heaven. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to teach tonight. On this subject, an audience of one. An audience of one. Could we just pray together right now? Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Everyone, let's let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you. God, I appreciate you so much. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, that you would help me tonight. I feel the touch of your spirit. Lord, God, I pray you would help me to deliver the burden of my heart. Help me to convey truths, God, to this church. Let me feed the flock of God tonight, God, as is my charge, Lord, from the Holy Scripture. I pray, God, that you would help me. Lord, grant anointing to me, but also to this people. Lord, that they might receive with meekness the drafted word that's able to save their souls. We need you, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, could we just offer him some praise right now? Could we lift our voices and begin to worship him for a few moments? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Praise Lord. God, praise God, praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I want, to, before I actually get into. What was going on in our text? I want to lay a little foundation here and take you back to something that Jesus said in what we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. And I've pointed out on many occasions this really wasn't the Lord's Prayer. Uh, The Lord was teaching his disciples how to pray. They asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he then began a lesson on how to pray. So it really wasn't his prayer. He was saying, this is the way you ought to do it. Amen. But but we've come to call it the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 10, Jesus said this.
1: Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven.
0: Now, Jesus said that we ought to be praying for the will of God to be accomplished here on earth, just like God's will is accomplished in heaven. And so, obviously, what goes on in heaven is the will of God. Amen. And what God's will is to take place in heaven is also His will. He wants that taking place on earth. Yes, right. yeah. Does that make sense? Based on what Jesus said Thy will be done right here, just like it's done in heaven. Right. So, whatever's going on in heaven, That's what he wants going on down here. Praise God. And so with that in mind, I want us to go back and consider for a moment what we have read in Revelation chapter 4. What we find is John the Beloved being carried away in the spirit and being invited into heaven to see things that would happen and would take place. And, and, and really, if I could say it this way, he was invited into a heavenly worship service. Well, praise God. He's watching a worship service as it's conducted in heaven. And so, what's going on in this worship service? Well, there are the four beasts, which the Bible said, rest not day and night. All the time, constantly, consistently, they are crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. This just goes on continually, continually, continually. It's said over and over and over. And the Bible says that when they do that, the four and twenty elders fall down before the throne. And they cast their crowns at his feet. And they begin to say, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, now here's what I want you to see. And here's what I want to what I want to try to convey to you tonight. All of this is going on around the throne. Now, these are not the only beings in heaven. They're not the only individuals that are in heaven. But I want you to know that what's coming out of the mouth of the beasts and the mouth of the elders has nothing to do with anybody else that's there. It's not for the sake of the saved multitudes. It's not for the sake of the cherubim and the seraphim. Well, hallelujah. But they are doing what they're doing for one being. They're not interested in what anybody else thinks. They don't care what anybody else says. They've got their their attention turned to one being, and that's the one that sits on the throne. And everything they're doing is only for the glory of God. It's for his pleasure. In fact, they say to him, everything that was created is created for your pleasure. It's, it's for you, God. You're the one that really matters. Can, can I just preach to you tonight? I'm telling you that in heaven, the will of God is that everybody forgets everything except getting God's attention and giving God glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I believe that is the will of God for a worship service. I believe that's what God wants going on when we come to church. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight you God's not interested in your talent. God's not interested in how nice your clothes are. God's not interested. God's interested in one thing. we got to get his attention. we've got to give him glory. we've got to give him praise. And whatever we're doing, we shouldn't be doing it for anybody else. Oh, I don't know if I'll even get to my notes tonight. I'll feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm talking to you about. There's a problem, saints of God, when somebody's got to stand up here and say, Oh, come on, let's worship. Oh, come on, let's worship. You know, when you do that, you're doing it because I've asked you to do it. You're doing it so I'll see you do it. But oh, what would happen in here if we'd forget about what anybody else thought? And we said, there's one in this place that deserves my attention tonight. There's one in this place that deserves my glory tonight. I am here to give honor to him. This ought to be the way we do everything when we come to the house of God. Well, praise God. When you young men are leading the service, or you musicians are playing, we shouldn't be doing it based on what anybody else thinks, what anybody else is going to say. Are you hearing me? Don't worry about whether they worship or not. You ought to do it like you're standing before the throne. I'm not up here leading the service for your sake. I'm doing it to worship God. I'm not playing the piano tonight so you can hear what new runs I've learned. I'm doing it to worship God. He's the only audience I've got. He's the only one that matters. Oh, hallelujah. Hashatabo Hosata Rabahaya. Well, hallelujah. If you're singing a special or you're singing with the praise team or we've got a youth chorale up here, I'm telling you, you need to quit worrying about what anybody else is thinking. Quit worrying about how anybody else rates it. It's not important. What's important is you're standing before the throne of God and he's listening. He's the one in the audience. He's the only one that's really in the audience that matters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah or the karst when you're interpreting or or any of you others are interpreting I, I know that you're doing it for the sake of our death but really it shouldn't be that way you know what you need you need to be doing it as though God's the one you're interpreting for well if you're sitting out there clapping your hands tonight don't do it because I'm looking for it you do it because you're applauding Jesus If you run the aisles, it ought to be you're doing it because you love Jesus. He's the audience. He's the only one. He's the only one that matters in what's going on. When we come into a worship service, it's all about him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You know, we, uh, in fact, I've preached several times and talked about how churches today are becoming so entertainment oriented. And, and that's a sad, sad fact. Because when, when, it, when it turns that way, when a church becomes entertainment oriented, what that's saying is we are trying to please you on the pew. We're trying to hold your attention. We want to keep you happy. But that's not what a worship service is supposed to be about. Well, hallelujah. I said, that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about whether or not you leave here tonight feeling like, well, I got entertained tonight. Well, I feel good tonight. Well, I had a good... No, 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 that's not what it's about. What it's about is when the lights are turned off and the doors are locked, is God going to say, boy, I had a good time at church tonight. Those people really love me down there at New Life. They came in here to worship me tonight. Whether or not you have a good time is irrelevant. It's whether or not God's having a good time that's important. And it's 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 a sad, sad day that, that Singers and and musicians and and even preachers are are becoming so so entertainment-oriented that everything they do is about entertaining the crowd. And they've become entertainers. But it's just as dangerous for the crowd to become entertainment-oriented. Now, I hear a lot of you saying that's right, but I want you to stop and think about something. How many times have we been in services we couldn't worship till the music got just right? We couldn't really shout until the right song was sung. Or they sang at that umpteenth time. Right? Come on now. How many times have you sat there and thought, boy, if they'll sing that one more time, I think I'm going to run. Hello? Hello? We become entertainment oriented in our, as a crowd. They, they, they've got to produce. They've got to do it just right or we're not going to move. Well, who are we moving for? Oh, hallelujah. I don't see anybody in heaven. When I read this in Revelation, I, I don't see anybody in heaven saying, come on, beast, come on, come on, beast. you got to it's your, get it's your own cue. Come on, you've got to say something. All right, elders, what are you doing sitting there? You must not feel what I'm feeling if you can just keep sitting there. Nobody's got to say a word. Nobody's got to encourage them. I'm telling you, when they get in the presence of God, there's something that wells up that says, you know, right now nobody else matters. Nothing else is important. I have come to give worship to one. He's the only one that makes a difference. hallelujah amen brother uh, brother wade bass his son made a comment one time he said i he said i've got a pet peeve he said i can't stand it when a singer gets up and says i'm not here to entertain you tonight he said you know wh- when they say that i just think to myself tell you what you start the song and i'll determine whether you're here to entertain me or not Well, hallelujah. If they're not there to entertain, it'll show through their spirit. If they are there to entertain, it'll show through their spirit. Well, hallelujah. Listen to me, church. I believe nothing is more offensive to the Creator than for His creation to try to get glory out of what they do. Oh, let me preach to you now. Listen, when you've got to have a pat on the back before you'll do something for God, there's a problem. When somebody's got to make it a point to thank you for what you did, there's a problem. Did you do it for the pastor? Did you do it for the church? Or are you doing it for the audience of one? Are you doing it so God will see that you love him and you love his kingdom? Well, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I I just believe that it's offensive to God for us to come into His presence and expect to get glory for something we do. Isaiah chapter 48, verses 11 and 12. Listen to this. Isaiah 48, verses 11 and 12.
1: For mine own sake, even mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give and my glory unto another.
0: Not, I will not give my glory unto another. Read.
1: Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am He. I am He. I am the first.
0: I am the first.
1: I also am the last. I
0: also am the last. You know what he's saying? I'm the only one that matters. I'm the only one that matters. Come on now. When we come when we leave church say, well I didn't get what I needed. Well, that's not that's not the issue. Whether you got what you needed tonight or not, is not the issue. Did God get what he deserves? And maybe if you would have given God what he deserves, you might have gotten what you needed. But instead of coming to church and being focused on him, you're coming to church focused on yourself and what you need and what you want. Well, Hallelujah. I'm t- when we come through those doors, we ought to forget about ourselves. We ought to forget about everybody else. And we ought to say, Lord, this is your house. I'm walking before your throne. Everything I do while I'm here is going to be about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, my glory, I will not give. I will not give. Give to another and he's not just talking about idols in fact I can prove that in the New Testament 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 29 through 31 listen to this
1: that no, flesh that
0: no flesh
1: should glory in his presence he's
0: not just talking about idols when he says I won't give my glory to anyone else I'm telling you God doesn't want you trying to get any glory either No flesh ought of glory in his presence.
1: Read. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, uh-huh. that according as it is written, he that glorieth, he that glorieth, glorieth let him let glory, him in, the glory Lord. in the Lord. Now,
0: I don't know if you caught what verse 30 was saying, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. In other words, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here in the first place. So you can be proud of your abilities and your talents and what you've done and what you've added and what you've given, but I'm telling you, you wouldn't even have it to give if God hadn't given it to you in the first place. So let him that glories, glory in the Lord. If I can carry a tune, it's not because I'm good, it's because God put that tune inside of me. Hallelujah. If I can play the drums and keep on beat, it's not because I've got a good sense of rhythm, it's because God put that rhythm in me. Let him that glories, glory in the Lord. That's why, that's why you've heard me say many times, That I don't like people to applaud when a singer finishes singing. Unless you're clapping to the Lord. God's the only one in this house that deserves applause. Psalm 47 verse 1, listen to this. Oh clap your hands, hands. all you people. All you people, wait a minute, wait a minute. Psalm 47 verse 1, where are we at? Psalm 40 said, "There we go." Read. Oh, clap, clap your hands, hands, all you people! All you people, shout, shout unto God! Shout unto! Shout unto God! With the voice of With the voice of trump. And I'm telling you, God is the recipient of the shouting and the clapping. He's the one that deserves our applause. He's the one that we ought to clap our hands for. In fact, once in a while, I think we ought to do more than just clap our hands. I've been in places where some very uh, highly respected dignitary would come in and people would give them what's called a standing ovation. That meant they deserve more than just my applause. I'm going to stand in their honor. And yet when the Holy Ghost moves in here, We, we, you know, patty cake a little bit and feel like we've done everything we can do. I wonder what it would be if we really, when the Holy Ghost got to moving, if all of a sudden we said, you know what, God's in this house. He deserves a standing ovation right now. He's the one that's worthy, he's more worthy than the president. He's more worthy than an athlete. He's more worthy than a
1: rock star.
0: Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know how far we're going to get tonight. I've got, I've got seven pages of notes, and we're only on page two. We may not finish this lesson tonight. Hallelujah. But I don't care if we don't, just so God gets the glory. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. Amen. Amen. All right, let's, let's look at something here tonight. Amen. And um, I want you to, to think, Brother Bass touched on this when he was with us a few nights ago. And, and so I went back and got to looking at some things here with regards to some statements for the bass made. And and it really fits in, ties in perfectly with with the point that I'm trying to bring across tonight. When we talk about Lucifer, we talk about Satan, talk about the devil, there are many scholars that believe that Lucifer was the very first worship leader. That that was his job. And there are some reasons for this. One of the reasons for this is the name Lucifer. And, And I was really pretty surprised when i found this but the name lucifer in in the original hebrew is is haliel haliel and it comes from a root word halal now halal means to shine it means to praise it means to boast it means to be clamorously foolish The word Hallel, you you may not recognize that word, but if you'll stop and think about it, it is the root of a word we use often in church. It is the word Hallelujah. You take Hallel, which means to boast, to brag, to be clamorously foolish, and you add Yah at the end of that. That means for Jehovah. Hallelujah. Means to boast on Jehovah. It means to get beside yourself. In excitement. Bragging about how great God is. That's what hallelujah means. I'm telling you. When we just say hallelujah. Oh, we've missed the point. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you missed the point. Hallelujah is more an action than it is a word. It's something you do. It's when you realize how great and how wonderful and how awesome this creator is. You've just got to brag on him a little bit. You've just got to dance before him a little bit. You've got to spin in his presence. You've got to run when you, when you get to thinking about how great God is. You've got to let everybody know. Now now listen, this word appears many times in in the Bible, though we may not see it translated in the English as often. But you get back into into the Psalms, especially beginning with uh, about uh, Psalm 146. There is a phrase that's repeated over and over and over again. It opens, in fact, Psalm 146, 47, 48, 49, and 50, those chapters all open and close with the same phrase. Praise ye the Lord. But if you look back at the original Hebrew, it's not four words. It's one word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when the psalmist wrote in Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him. He is describing the hallelujah in Psalm 150. Praise God in his sanctuary. You know what? In his sanctuary, we ought to be boasting on Jesus. In the firmament of his power, we ought to get beside ourselves shouting about him. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. When we blow our trumpets, it ought to be a hallelujah to God. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with a timbre and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Every one of those things. We ought to be doing that as a hallelujah unto God. Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. That's you. Sitting on the pew tonight. What you're doing, the way you're acting, it ought to be a hallelujah. You shouldn't be twiddling your thumbs, passing notes, chewing gum, sending text messages. You're in the presence of the king. You ought to be in here saying hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now this is what what I found is is interesting because that word halal, to shine, to boast, to to be clamorously foolish, in worship of, um, to extol, to laud, all, all these things are a part of that word halal. And that is the root word from which the name Lucifer was taken. So his job when he was created was to brag on God. He was there for the Hallelujah Chorus. Well, praise God. And so many people believe he was the worst, the original worship leader in heaven. And and we also connect this with, let me show you this, Ezekiel chapter 28, verses uh, 13 and 14. Ezekiel 28, verses 13 and and 14 read
1: thou hast been in Eden the garden of God every precious stone was thy covering
0: now, now let me just interject something I've, I read the commentators and boy when they get to this they, they are convinced that he's talking to the king of Tyre because that's the one that's addressed here and, and there are men I've, I've actually even heard some apostolic preachers that say yeah that's what he, he's not talking to the devil here here's what I believe he starts out talking to the king of Tyre but then he starts addressing the spirit that's in that king Because he plainly says, you have been in Eden, the garden of God. King of Tyre was not at Eden. But the devil was. All right, so I'm just telling you, I believe that this is dealing with Lucifer. All right, let's, let's read. Every precious stone was I covering.
1: The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and uh-huh. gold.
0: Right now, listen to this. Read
1: the workmanship the of thy workmanship tabrets,
0: of thy tabrets,
1: and of thy pipes, of thy pipes was prepared was in thee prepared in the day that thou the day was created. That thou
0: wast created in the day that Lucifer was created. Music was put in him. All right, read on, verse fourteen.
1: Thou art the anointed cherub that anointed covereth.
0: Cherub that so, so this, the covering, this, this was showing authority. You're, you're the anointed cherub that covered, that had authority.
1: And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. You were upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst so, of the stones so again, of fire.
0: Again, I think that I've got good grounds to establish my opinion. I can't prove it because no scripture says it per se but I think I've got good biblical grounds to establish my opinion that Lucifer's job was to lead the worship in heaven he had music in him he was an anointed cherub that covered his name meant to brag on God I think I've got good grounds but what happened to him what happened to Lucifer Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 to 15 tells us this
1: how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Uh-huh. For thou hast said in thine heart. Because you said in your heart. I will ascend into the heaven.
0: I will ascend into the heaven.
1: I will exalt my throne I above the stars of God. will exalt
0: my throne above the stars of God.
1: I will sit also upon the mountain.
0: I will sit con- upon the mountain of, of the congregation.
1: In the sides of the north. Uh-huh. I will ascend above the heights I of the cloud. I will ascend
0: above the heights of the cloud.
1: I will, be, my, I the will most high. be
0: like the most high. The one who was supposed to be boasting on God started boasting on himself. Rather than seeking to give God glory, he started seeking glory for himself. Lucifer quit exalting God and started seeking attention for himself. I'm preaching to us tonight. When we start coming to church and it's all about us and what we get out of the service and whether or not the preacher addressed my needs and whether or not I feel better tonight, whether or not I'm going home lifted up, whether or not I'm encouraged, whether whether or not this. Listen, when that happens, we've got a problem. Because church service is not about you. This worship service is not about you. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you get. This service is about Him and Him alone. You've got all week long to worry about you. You've got all week long to cry over your problems. You've got all week long to feel sorry for yourself. But when you walk into God's house, it's not about you anymore. It's about Him. So all of a sudden, this one who's supposed to be bragging on God in the worship service starts looking out for himself. And what happened? What happened as a result of that?
1: Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell Uh to the sides of the pit.
0: All right, read the next verse. I think I've got the wrong... Oh, I'm sorry. This is Ezekiel Ezekiel 28 now, verse 15. Let's go back there. Ezekiel 28 and verse 15.
1: Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. From
0: the day you were created.
1: till iniquity was found in thee.
0: Iniquity was found in thee. You understand that iniquity means rebellion against constituted authority. So here's the process. We see a man who is given to worship not a man but a being that is given to worship God created to worship God has spent however long in eternity past doing just that but one day when it's worship service time he's not interested in God getting the attention he's interested in him getting the attention He starts talking about how good he is. Well, hallelujah. And this pride that sprung up in Lucifer led him to rebellion against God. Did you hear me? The pride, which that's what it's all about. Like it or not, when we come in and it's all about us, it's a matter of pride. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. And when it's all about us and we're given to pride, I'm telling you that's the precursor. The next step is rebellion against God. Oh, hallelujah. You're right. You're right. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. Listen to this.
1: Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil.
0: Now, this is dealing with preachers, but I want to tell you, it applies to everybody. There's a principle here that that you can fall into the condemnation of the devil. What's he talking about? He's talking about you're going to end up with the same condemnation the devil had. If you're lifted up in pride. Well, hallelujah. Well, we're not shouting quite as loud now. But when we come to church and we want attention and we want the pat on the back and we want somebody to feel sorry for us and we want this and we want that, I'm telling you, it's pride. It's a pride thing, my friend. And that pride is going to lead you into a spirit of rebellion if you're not careful. We've got to be careful. When we walk into God's house, when we stand in God's presence, whatever we're doing, it's got to be for the glory of God. In fact, the way we dress ought to be for the glory of God. Well, hallelujah. We gotta we gotta show off our latest thousand dollar alligator shoes. There's a problem. I don't even know if they make thousand dollar alligator shoes. I don't that's way out of my league. I don't know, but ostrich boots or whatever, I don't know. I just I don't pay $1,000 for a suit, but some people do pay that for their shoes. And I, I'm telling you, I'm t- when, we, when, when, we start, when we start doing it so that we can have folks notice our possessions, there's a problem. We ought to come into the house of God with one purpose and one aim and one goal. You can forget about me. You can forget about what I'm wearing. Don't worry about what's going on. I'm not doing what I'm doing for your sake. I'm doing it because I'm going before an audience tonight. And that audience is the only thing that matters in everything I'm doing. The way I'm dressed, the way I act, the way I worship. things I say the way I sing I'm not doing it for you I'm doing it for my audience I have an audience of one well praise God hallelujah so let's let's talk for just a few more minutes about worship let's let's talk about worship for a few more This is a worship service. Right? Right? It's a worship service. So let's talk about worship. We do understand there is improper worship. Let me show you some categories of worship found in the Scripture. Matthew chapter 15 verses 8 and 9. Matthew 15 verses 8 and 9.
1: This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men.
0: Now, I, I wish there was some way of putting both verses up here, but, but we'll, we'll deal with this the way it is. In vain. Everyone say in vain. The first kind of worship I want to talk to you about is vain worship. Everyone say vain worship. Jesus said in vain. Oh, there is a way to do it. Thank you. I didn't know that could be done. I'm learning things tonight. In vain They worship me. So there is such a thing as vain worship. Empty, hollow, useless, serving no good purpose. Vain worship. Now what is vain worship? How do we define vain worship? Well, there's a couple of things that he says here. He says they teach for doctrines the commandments of men. So one of the things that we see is their worship is based on their traditions rather than on the truth of God's word. This is the way I've always worshipped. Well, is that the way the Bible tells you to worship? That's right. That's right. Come on. Your tradition's irrelevant. That's right. That's right. If you're doing it just based on your tradition, it's vain worship. That's right. But there's something far more important and probably applies more to us one God apostolics. And that is this found in verse 8. This is why I wanted both verses up here. He's talking about vain worship. They draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You want to know what else we we can understand about vain worship? It is vain worship if it's only coming from your lips and not from your heart. If I've got to say, come on, let's say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That came from your lips. Somebody say amen. Amen. That came from your lips. You know what God's looking for? People that don't have to be begged. People that don't have to be pumped and primed. Oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost starting to move again. God's looking for some folks that will walk in here and say, nobody's got to ask me to say it. I'm saying hallelujah. I'm saying praise the Lord. I'm saying glory to God. I'm saying thank you, Jesus, because he deserves it. It's coming
1: out of my heart.
0: Vain worship. Vain worship just coming from my mouth, but it's not coming out of my heart. It's vain. The second kind of worship, let me show you this. Acts chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Acts 17, verses 22 and 23.
1: Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and, and said... both
0: of them up here again if you would. Let's, let's catch both of them. All right, I'm sorry, read. Then stood Paul in the midst of Mars Hill...
1: And said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious... For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription. found an altar with
0: this inscription.
1: To the unknown God. To the
0: unknown God. All right, read. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. You ignorantly worship.
1: Him declare I unto you. Now,
0: here's the second category of worship, and that is ignorant worship will say ignorant worship. Now again, you know, I I hate to have to explain this every time, but your giggles tells me I'm going to have to explain it again. The word ignorant does not mean stupid. It means uneducated. It means lacking knowledge. There is ignorant worship. People worshiping things that they don't really know. Ignorant worship is worship that is ignorant of the true nature of God. Can I, can I just I'll drop a bombshell on you here? People who come into a church, claim to have the Holy Ghost, and won't live a separated life, what they're offering to God is ignorant worship. Right. That's right. That's right. Because the nature of God is holy. holy. And when people won't be holy in their worship, they don't understand His nature. Well, hallelujah. You've got to understand His nature. You've got to understand He's a loving God. Understand He's a holy God. Understand that He cares about how you worship. See, we may not be worshiping Him ignorantly of His nature. We may be worshiping ignorantly of what He desires in our worship. We may think that just showing up is good enough worship for God. Well, hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's why, that's why, I'm I'm back on this, but that's why some folks sit in church and do all kinds of things sitting in church. Because you're ignorant of what God's really wanting. Are you going to tell me that you're going to stand before Him in heaven and send text messages? Or pass notes? Or chew gum? Or yawn, clip your fingernails. Well, when you're standing before His throne, what are you going to be doing? He wants that same will to be done on earth. When we come into a worship service, nothing else ought to have our attention. Now now, now, now now. Let me just offer a disclaimer. You you parents of young children. Sometimes you want God to be the only focus and they won't let you. We won't have that problem, thank God, when we get to heaven. We are bound by some limitations here. There are some distractions you can't help. But there are some distractions you can help. And I've literally watched during worship service. In fact, I've watched when the Holy Ghost was moving. Some people turn around and coochie-coo the babies. Holy Ghost is moving. God's trying to do something. And people playing with the kids around them. Not even their own kids. That's ignorant worship. God's not pleased with that. God doesn't want anybody else to have your attention. As I said, sometimes you can't help it. But when you can help it, He expects you to help it. All right, I'm making enemies tonight. The third kind of worship. Third kind of worship. I've got to hurry here. Third kind of worship. Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. This is more scriptures. I won't have you put them all on there, so we'll take them one at a time. If I need a couple at one time, we will. But Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. Let's, Let's read this.
1: Wherefore if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to be are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show which of wisdom things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship in will worship and humility. A neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Not in
0: any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now, this is an interesting term. And, and in all honesty, in, I'm just making an honest confession. In all my years of reading through the Bibles, many times as I've read it through, I've never really stopped and thought about will worship. But that's what it is. In fact, some, some even King James Bibles put a hyphen between these two words because in the Greek this is really one word will worship that's the third kind of worship will worship everyone say will worship now it's an interesting word in the Greek but, but um, it, it signifies a mode of worship that a man chooses for himself from his own will It's independent of the revelation that God's given. Independent of what God directs, but it is self-imposed. A worship that is born from your own will. Now hang on. In this kind of worship, we worship what we like. We worship what we think is good. So if everything's not exactly the way we think it ought to be, I'm not going to worship to that. I actually had somebody tell me one time, well, you know, Pastor, when you sing the slow songs, I can really worship to the slow songs, but I just don't get much out of those fast songs. Well, you know, I can worship to the slow songs too. I love the slow songs. I love, I love when the Holy Ghost gets to moving and we just have a good old crying spell. I love that. I love it. It's beautiful. It's powerful. But I'm not going to reserve my worship to only when it's the kind of music I want to hear. No, 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 no. Don't judge me too harshly. This church knows after 12 years of pastoring there are some kinds of, wor- of, of music I don't allow. The devil had music created in him when he was created And I believe he still is using music I believe it's the thing he's most familiar with I believe there are some kinds of music That even call themselves Christian That are demonic But I hope you have enough confidence in me As your pastor to know I'm not going to allow demonic music To go on in this church so when I say you shouldn't just sit there and wait until it's the kind of music you like I'm taking for granted we're not talking about whether it's worldly music I'm talking about style well praise God I love the old songs in fact I just I had a preacher's wife from Ohio just sent me uh, several CDs from the 1970s. I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> old songs, I, even, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm just getting old and sentimental, I guess. I don't know. But even my wife, I was playing it for her. I could tell she wasn't near as impressed as I am. I just, man, some of these, some of these songs, all he wants is you. It's been years since I've heard those songs. Those were the songs, I, I received the Holy Ghost in 1972. These were the songs that were popular when I first came in the church. And there's just something about going down memory lane and hearing those songs. I love it. I love it. And, and I'm hearing some of these songs and, and, and just, you know, making my little nostalgic trip. And I'm enjoying every bit of it. But I'm going to tell you, as much as I love the old songs, and as much as I've stated publicly, I don't want us to forget the old songs. And we're going to keep singing the old songs. There's nothing wrong with some of the new songs either. That's right. That's right, Amen. Some. I said some. You know I don't like all this nan and nan na 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 stuff. Really, that's what they're putting out on some of these Christian songs. There's no message, no anything of any value. Just, it's like they're sticking their tongue out at you. I'm a Christian. Na-na-na-na-na. That's what I get out of it when I listen to it. it just It doesn't do anything for me, so... Some, but but I'm just saying there's some, there's some of the new music that's, that's good and whether it's fast or it's slow or it's medium tempo, that should not make any difference to us. If we're sitting here waiting for our song or our style, that's will worship. Amen. That's right. That's right. We ought to be giving God glory no matter what kind of song they're singing if they're not singing any song. We ought to come in during the prayer time giving God glory. Alright, alright, alright. You're getting tired. I, I, I can tell. So, so there, is, there is vain worship. There is ignorant worship. There is will worship. And then there is this fourth kind, John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24.
1: But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Spirit
0: and in truth.
1: For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him. him Must worship him. In spirit. In spirit. And in truth. And in truth.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for balanced worship. Holy Ghost worship. Bible based worship. This is the kind of worship God desires. In fact, it's the only kind of worship God accepts. He is seeking such to worship Him. Well, alright, alright. It's almost magic hour. Let me see if I can try to land this plane. You You ever stop and think ask yourself how could Paul and Silas sing praises in a philippian jail after being stripped flogged locked in stocks and they didn't just pray but they prayed and sang praises unto god How could Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, knowing he was going to be betrayed? He knew it, didn't he? He said, the one with whom I dipped this off, that's the one that's going to betray me. He knew it was happening. But the Bible says on the night he's going to be betrayed, that when they finished the supper, they sang an hymn. He's about to be betrayed. And here he is singing praises. how that can happen it happens because their worship was not based on what they liked it was based on who they loved did you hear me it wasn't based on what they liked it was based on who they loved let it sink in tonight Worship that is in spirit and in truth Has one real basis I'm doing this because I love God And you know what If they take me and beat me and throw me in a jail I still love God If I can't pay my bills I still love God If I get fired from the job I still love God If my family turns against me I still love God Is anybody getting what I'm telling you? Real worship and spirit and truth is not based on your circumstance. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on what's going on in your life. It's based on whether or not you love Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah listen worship doesn't end with praise the Lord it doesn't work doesn't end with us just saying I exalt you worship goes on to say I exalt you so much that I'm going out of here and I'm taking this experience to somebody else I exalt you so much That when I leave this place and nobody else is around, I still live righteously and godly and soberly in this wicked world. I exalt you so much that when nobody's around, I'm not looking at ungodliness on the internet. I'm not gossiping on the telephone. We're talking about real worship. Because, let me tell you, you can't really worship God and remain unchanged. Can I say that again? You can't really worship God and remain unchanged. Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sister Regan, come. I'm going to. I've, I've got a lot more, but I'm telling you, we tonight, we, we've got it all wrong. We come to church with this attitude. The preacher or the singer or the musician is the performer, and we are the audience. And I hope that the performers do a good job tonight and please the audience you got it wrong you're the performers you're the ones on the stage tonight from the minute you walked in this house you walked onto God's stage and there's an audience out there and he's sitting on his throne watching to see how you're performing tonight And some of you that are bored stiff out of your mind. God is just as bored with you tonight. Every time you yawn, God's yawning at you. Well, hallelujah. Yes, I'm preaching to you. You better understand it's not about you, honey. It's about him. He's the one that matters. He's the one that counts. Whether you like it or you don't like it is irrelevant, but whether he likes it or not means everything. You better come to church and say, God, I'm gonna put on a performance tonight that makes you happy. I'm gonna do something tonight that leaves you applauding. Yeah, that's the part I like. Yes, that's the part I love. Oh, you're ringing my bells tonight. I want God to be pleased with what I have given him tonight. Come on, let's stand and worship him. Come on, there's an audience watching right now. The preaching is over. There's an audience to see how you're responding right now. There's an audience. The the, the program's not over. The program's not over. The curtains have not been pulled. There's an audience watching to see what are you going to do right now? What's your performance going to be like right now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, he's looking at you. He's looking at you. What are you going to do? What are you giving him right now? What kind of performance are you providing him with right now? Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah Oh Hallelujah Come on let's worship Him, come on let's worship Him Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Come on, the audience is watching tonight. The audience is watching tonight. Hallelujah. I want our praise singers to come. I want us to sing this chorus. Yeah, sister, sister, come on. We're we're gonna sing this chorus, and now it's up to you. I've done my part. The rest of the performance is yours tonight. I want God to be pleased with the conclusion. I don't want this to be anticlimactic. Are you hearing me? I don't want it to have been a build up for a big letdown at the end. God wants the end of this thing to be even better than anything that's come up to this point. But the spotlight's on you right now. And the audience is awaiting what are you going to do next. Hallelujah. Let's sing it together.
1: Oh, Lord, we give our praise to you.